Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Greetings, everyone. Happy Monday night, February 5th, 2024. Look at us. The gang is all here. Uh, Anthony Broom here with Clayton Safey, Chris Ballas. Uh, producer Megan is back behind the scenes. So uh, it feels like a throwback show for us now. Uh, all hands on deck uh, as we move forward here into the month of February. Uh, a lot to get to today, but mostly because you guys are setting the table for us. Uh, it's going to be mostly a, a strictly Q&A episode. We will talk about Sharon Moore and football at the, at the top of the show here. Uh, but first, fellas, uh, welcome back. This is, I think, the first time the three of us have been on a show since maybe we previewed the Rose Bowl. I don't know. Does that, that sound true? right? Or that That's my fault. Yeah. Well, we've had, had illnesses. We've had writing, writing for the uh, football magazine, the National Championship book that's going out. So it's been exciting, fellas. But now... Uh, Right, we're hitting a slow time here, right? Yeah. So there will be no on, on you know what there will be no Big Ten basketball tournament to travel to this year, and unfortunately, no postseason NCAA tournament or NIT or any of that stuff. So, uh, as William Flanagan posts over there, the basketball team is a disaster. Hard to disagree with that. Well, as Olivier Kamwa said, you're not the season's not over till you lose your last game in college basketball. So, what if they win five games in five days? Not going to happen. But uh, what if monkeys yeah. fly out of my butt? Well, yeah, then he, yeah, then then what? That's yeah. a great point. Thank so, you. So, uh, and that could happen, obviously. Yeah. Stranger yeah. things have happened. So, yeah. I'm not actually sure they have, but um, yeah, it's uh, great to be here on another Monday. Yeah, uh, it is, and it's it feels like you know, really, the last week or so. I can't speak for everyone, but I finally starting to get you know maybe six, seven, sometimes eight hours of sleep each night. 
uh, getting a little less, little less busy, but not without uh, questions and, and, and whatnot as we move into a new era of Michigan football. Obviously, last week, Sharon Moore's first uh, week on the job. We'll talk about that here in a second, but I want to talk about our commemorative issue of the Wolverine magazine here. As you guys know, we are putting together a – actually, uh, not just putting together, uh, really rounding up and finishing up production – on a 148-page issue, full-color, glossy pages. Uh, with We have a soft cover edition. We have hardbound books available. Head over to the WolverineOnDemand.com for that. Uh, it's feature stories from throughout the national championship year, uh, game recaps, a lot of throwing it back to each game on the schedule, uh, a look ahead in some areas when it you know comes to the transition uh, out of the Jim Harbaugh era, but really excited to work on this. I mean, um, it's not often that we get excited to take on extra work, but you know, one of the benefits of of this national title has been something that we're going to say that we put our names on forever and that you'll get to have forever. So head on over to the WolverineOnDemand.com. Check that out. Everyone uh, on our staff has been working incredibly hard to bring that to you and should be out um, in the mail to you, I would think, sometime uh, in the next few weeks, we send it out to the printer later on this week. So excited for that. Uh, it has been a lot of fun to do. Well, let's move into the Sharon Moore era now. Uh, one week in the books, and a lot of it, uh, a holding pattern on some fronts in other areas. Obviously, they have an offensive coordinator now in Kirk Campbell. Uh, they've hired a special teams coordinator in J.B. Brown. Uh, Justin Tress moves into Ben Herbert's vacated role. Uh, but there's a lot of spots to still fill. I mean, we don't know who the heck the running backs coach is right now. Mike Hart hasn't been around it's kind of been radio silent uh, they also did hire steve casula uh for tight ends that hasn't been made official just yet but defensive side of the ball uh need a defensive coordinator kind of seems like need to make a push to retain mike alston and steve Klinkscale. and and a lot of this chris here uh, a lot of dominoes need to come together before we know who's even on the roster i mean we're about two weeks into the transfer portal window being open it hasn't been Really, any movement yet? But I, I suspect that as the staff comes together, we're going to find out very quickly who's in and who's out. Yeah, and I would never say hired until it's actually officially announced because we saw Jay Harbaugh was, you know, somebody reported that he was going to officially going to Los Angeles with Jim Harbaugh, and uh, it sounds like it's, he's changed course and might be going to Seattle now. So uh, things change rapidly in these things. But one thing that's been constant with us and that we were reported a long time ago was that Mike Elston is one of those guys that is going to have an opportunity with Jim Harbaugh and he's going to have to decide, Hey, do I want to stay here? Am I going to be the DC or a co-DC or what's going to happen? Do I, am I going to get a raise? What's going on here? Uh, or do I want to go at 55 years old and lay by the beach and get paid handsomely to, to coach and not have to recruit and be able to go home and have a, a great time just relaxing a little bit while coaching actually a reasonable amount of time. So uh, that's one that we've continued to watch. He had told his players as of last Thursday that he'd hoped to have a decision by the end of the day on last Thursday. We haven't heard anything definitive one way or another. It's been radio silent. 
Uh, also silent, as we've noted on Steve Klingscale, and as we reported, uh, he was not happy at one point. And but he was still recruiting, as was Elston. Uh, but the longer it goes, guys, without wrapping these guys up, then the more concerns you get. And that's where we are today. You cannot afford to lose those two guys, fellas. If you lose those two guys, then you're talking about open season on the roster. You're talking about guys like Kenneth Grant and Mason Graham having lost their head coach, their strength coach, their position coach, their defensive coordinator. Uh, it would be take a lot of money, I think, for them to stick around. And I don't know that Michigan's got it in the NIL. So for all those people that were saying that, hey, not having an NIL plan in place isn't a big deal and they're playing catch up and blah, 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 blah. Here's your worst case scenario. So let's hope it doesn't come to fruition. Yeah, that's where it gets complicated with the defensive coordinator hire, too, because you would think that those two guys would be candidates and at least would would want to be candidates for the job. But you also have to make the hire that you feel is best. Um, if you're Sharon Moore, but taking somebody from the outside could lead to one of their departures, you know, or both of their departures, um, you know, to the Chargers or somewhere else. So it, it gets really dicey. So the offensive staff is pretty much set. You're still kind of waiting on uh, Mike Hart. You know, he needs to be renewed to, to continue coaching at Michigan. His contract is up. So and it has been silent on that front. Uh, but then the defensive side is completely in flux. You know, even the guys that are here, as we just mentioned, you know, are have decisions to make on what they're going to do next. So if you go with somebody from the outside like Joe Cullen, who is now uh, also being courted by Mike McDonald with the Seattle Seahawks um, and others in the NFL as a defensive coordinator, then, uh, you know, then it gets interesting what you do there. He's a defensive line coach. So, you know, could potentially take some off the plate of Mike Elston, um, you know, or, or, you know, take over those duties if Mike Elston does leave. Uh, but, you know, we talked about it last week on the show is Mike McDonald getting a head coaching job. Everybody's happy for him, but it does it does make it a little bit tougher because now there are all these coaches out there looking for guys to, to you know, run this system and even more that you're seeing across the NFL as well. So, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be tough for Sharon Moore, but this is, you know, because he's the offensive coordinator. I'm not as worried about the offense, but this defensive coordinator hire is one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing he's going to do as Michigan's coach in the first couple of weeks. Here's what I don't understand, and I don't want to butt in here, uh, A.B., and take your time, but, you know, you had two two ways that this was going to go. It was going to be Jim Harbaugh or it was going to be Sharon Moore, and we've known that for a long time, right? So I think you need to be proactive in both scenarios and say, okay, get these guys in a room when Jim is interviewing with the Chargers and say, look – what is it going to take to keep you guys here? You you bring, you know, you tell your players too, if they have NIL representatives or whatever, and your coaches and you say, if Jim goes, we want to keep everybody together. What is it going to take to do that? And then you start working on that. So if, and when Jim Harbaugh leaves, then you've got your plan in place and you aren't sitting there with all these question marks and kids taking to social media every time a position coach leaves or a strength coach. And, you know, it's another kick in the nuts and they're complaining about it and saying, you know, this one's a big blow. Uh, you know, for, maybe they did it. I haven't heard that they have because it seems to be catching everybody off guard, but if you leave Sharon Moore, guys, with a completely bare cupboard on defense player-wise and coach-wise, then you're starting this thing from scratch. And half the reason you hire him is for continuity if you're going to hire a guy that's only got four games experience. So uh, none of this makes any sense to me. Maybe I'm just a dumb writer, a dumb sports writer. But I got to tell you, man, uh, it just doesn't seem like Michigan is proactive. It seems like Michigan is always reactive, and it's just not okay. 
No, and I would echo a lot of the things that you said there. I mean, it's it's been clear going back to, I mean, even going back to last winter, like if it's not Jim Harbaugh, it would probably be Sharon Moore. And you have to be prepared for that. And I think that what we saw was a few weeks of this staff on the recruiting trail without, you know, with Jim Harbaugh still as the head coach, not knowing what to say to recruits, not knowing exactly what the plan forward would be other than it's probably going to be Sharon. Um, and who's to say, you know, when you look at some of these guys that they've hired, like, like Steve Casula, like, you know, promoting Justin Tress and like promoting JB Brown, you know, something that I think gives you, you know, if you want to look for silver linings in it, it it's that a lot of these guys were kind of came and were here under Jim Harbaugh. And those are guys that he probably would give a stamp of approval to, but then, then again, that doesn't mean a whole lot when, yeah, maybe Jim Harbaugh gives his stamp of approval, but he's also poaching guys to make them need to be elevated and be in those situations. So, you know, for me, I, I think it's clear that there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, again, I think proactive instead of reactive is, is the right way to put it. And we'll see what happens here, but you know, again, it does, it does make you wonder, you know, if Sharon Moore was the guy for continuity and then he's he's leading a program that looks nothing like the program that earned him the opportunity to have that job in the first place. I mean, a lot of people, maybe they come down on Sharon for that, but I do think that that reflects upstairs and planning and things like that. So to me, I mean, you saved, what, $7 million, six, $7 million right off the bat by not having, by, by Jim Harbaugh leaving. That's what you have in the pool. Money and, and doing what you need to do to keep these guys happy to stick around shouldn't be much of an option here. And again, it's a unique situation too of the NFL is the NFL. And we talked about that recently as well, where uh, it, it's the pinnacle of football. And if you're a guy like a, you know, like a Jesse Minter, like a Mike Elston, like a, you know, whoever it may be, that gets an opportunity to coach at that level. There's only 32 of those jobs, you know, whether it be NFL defensive line coach, NFL defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, there's only 32 of those in the league in that particular department. So um, it's just a little bit different, but man, oh man, I mean, it's it, when I've seen these transitions in the past from, you know, you, you think Bob Stoops to Lincoln Riley, you think urban Meyer to Ryan day. It always seems like the cupboard is, you know, we, we joke about third base, but that's a good, that's a good spot to be. And right now um, it, it feels like Sharon is kind of standing at home plate with a three, two count instead of being on first base, second base, what have you. So we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, it's going to be a huge week. You don't want to don't want to feign a whole lot of, uh, of fear or outrage or whatever it is, but that's where we're at right now. Um, things are still kind of you know frenetic and up in the air, uh, as we have a $5 Super Chat here from uh, Tim, who says, guys, I appreciate all your hard work. You know, you know I have to say go 49ers. Yeah, he's a um, moody. Uh, you know what? He's a moody guy, and uh, I'm rooting for Jake. Yeah. I am. Jake too. did his part in trying to make our team go to the Super Bowl. So, well, we, we love, love Jake, Jake, and I hope Jake kills it, and I hope San Francisco wins for him. Frankly, so um, yeah. that was a tough one for us Lions fans. Tim, thank you for rubbing that in with your five dollars. Uh, we are going to return your five dollars and have some choice words for you. So, not, <laughs> not really. We love you, On Tim. His show. We yeah we love you Tim very much and uh, tell Jake we said hi and uh, we we are rooting for him. We do love Jake. Uh, thank you so much for the comment here, Tim. Can I just say um, one one thing too about what we were just talking about the the two examples yeah. you used though this is the challenge that Sharon Moore has is Oklahoma you know Bob Stoops retired 
uh, Urban Meyer resigned, resigned in disgrace, and they didn't go somewhere else where those coaches could go with him. So that makes this a unique challenge. This is a little bit more, uh, a little bit closer to Brian Kelly going to LSU, in my opinion, than than those others because he went somewhere else in a prominent position and was trying to poach those guys. And the other thing that I want to say is that, I mean, this is no shot at Sharon Moore at all, but working for Jim Harbaugh is different than working for Sharon Moore. Uh, We talked to somebody down in Houston, close to the Villanova basketball program. And he was talking about the challenges that they've had since Jay Wright retired. And he actually retired, you know, he's still around. I think he's a special advisor for the president there, but he was saying that, you know, the assistant coaches, that are under consideration. It's just different when you're being hired to work for Kyle Neptune than you are for Jay Wright. So it's just something that they're going to have to deal with. It's something that if you're Michigan's administration, you understood when you decided to hire a first time head coach, I still think it was probably the right guy. Um, you know, nothing has happened that, that would change my opinion there. And I, I, you know, I said that they should get it done immediately, but um, you know, and they did within 48 hours, but it's just something to consider when you look at what Michigan is facing right now. It is. And, you know, the, the texts are coming in uh, real time and, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, players and coaches. And uh, I'm telling you, it's it, here's the thing, man, you can't afford you, you've got to have a plan in place. Right, guys, if you're doing this transition and I don't I'm not blaming Jim Harbaugh. I see somebody over here saying Harbaugh went from sugar to a real bitch. Now, Jim is not saying, hey, man, I want to stick it to Michigan. And if you know what, Ben Herbert is getting offered. 1.7 mil at, at Michigan. I'm going to offer him 2 million just to spite them. What he's doing is saying, Hey, I have a spot for you if things don't work out at Michigan. And if this is what you want, uh, you know, if I were 55 years old, if I were Mike Elston and you told me I didn't have to recruit anymore and you're going to overpay me to go be a position coach and work half as hard as I'm working now, not have to recruit, you can live by the beach if it's affordable, you know, if you're getting the right amount of money. Dude, I am doing this in a heartbeat. Right. Especially with the way that college football is now. You look at what Halfley did at Boston College going to Green Bay. Coaches Chip Kelly wants back in the NFL. All these interviewing for OC jobs. What's that? He's interviewing for OC jobs. It's crazy. Right. All these coaches want out. Right. And there's a reason that they want out because it's getting harder and harder. So, but that's why, guys, that's why I can't stress enough that you had to have your ducks in a row here and set him up for success because I'm telling you, if he loses. The guys, you know, that everybody's talking about and they're concerned about the defensive linemen. I mean, if you lose Grant and Graham, if you lose Will Johnson, if you lose Colston Loveland, you get they're in trouble. I mean, next year you're looking at, you know, a, a total rebuild. And that's exactly why you hired Sharon Moore, frankly, to to make sure that that didn't happen. So uh, I'm I'm disappointed about that, but unfortunately not surprised. Yeah. And I guess one thing, too, is it, just in case people come down on players for it, like, first off. Um, again, it's a completely unique one-of-one situation where these guys have want, you know, been part of Big Ten championship teams. They've been part of a national champion now. And you know, people want to say, you know, there I know there are some people that say, well, whatever happened to loyalty and whatever happened to sticking through a commitment, these guys have these guys have won college football's biggest prize. I think from an individual standpoint, you can afford to be a little greedy if someone's offering you um if someone's offering you money and that's just the college football that we were in right now. And that's incumbent upon donors at Michigan to step up and make the commitment. It's, it's incumbent upon, uh, you know, we love our friends with the collectives, but it's incumbent upon those guys to have a plan and to have a pitch in place. So again, it's all, it's all going to sort itself out. 
Uh, we'll see what winds up happening. But yeah, I mean, this this could be a very consequential week in terms of starting to put ideas in your head of what this team might look like in terms of um, personnel and expectations for next year. So yeah. we're just going to have to ride it out and see what happens. But fellas, any other thoughts on, um, and the one, one more thing I would say uh, is, yeah, I mean, this is not Jim Harbaugh. It, it, he does not work for the university of Michigan anymore. He doesn't owe them anything. He doesn't owe any them a favor. All he can do is say, Hey, listen, uh, I want to try and replicate the success I had, you know, here at Michigan, with the Los Angeles Chargers, because I know if I have my guys in place, we'll win. And I think he's going to win anyways, but I don't blame the guy for uh, extending opportunities. But, fellas, any other thoughts on uh, the start of the Sharon Moore era and what's to come next? Yeah, nothing's happened yet. And that's the part that's the problem with the, the you know, this era of news uh, every five minutes. You know, something happens and then something changes or whatever. Uh, so if it were. For example, in the era of newspapers, we would pick up the paper and then, you know, in a couple months, you'd understand, OK, this guy's gone or this guy's gone or this guy's gone. Not He's leaning towards leaving. He's leaning towards coming back. He's leaning towards leaving. He's leaning towards coming back. So um, unfortunately, that's just the reality of the news cycle now. And you have to take everything with a grain of salt. But to me, um, they shouldn't be in this position. And I'll continue to say that, you know, I mean, you should have known before Jim Harbaugh left what people needed to stay. You should have known what it would take for them to stay. You should have your, your kids all lined up on huge NIL deals because you knew that they were going to be tampered with and poached. And instead you're playing from behind here because you had an athletic department that wasn't hundred percent behind NIL and is still dragging its feet on NIL. This is frankly unacceptable. Um, and to me, really disappointing again. Yeah. Part of me, it is hard to know, though, what it would take to keep them when they don't know what their other options are or, you know, if they're going to have. But at least ask. But at least ask like, and have those discussions is my point. It's just like when, you know, it seemed like Ben Herbert was going to stay and then he and then he wasn't. And it seems like some of these guys are going to stay. It's just hard to, you know, it's hard for them to know, too, what what they want um, or, or would need, you know, before they're in that situation. So it's just. That's the thing I think that just people have to come to the realization that this was a coaching change. Like this was not not a coaching change just because you did hire from within. And this is what happens during coaching changes. And it's up to Sharon Moore to go out and get the best staff possible. It's up to the administration to give him as many resources as possible to get that done. Um, no, but I, I agree with you. They, they definitely should have done more legwork before. Um, but it's just such a fluid and crazy uh, world w when it comes to this. And I will say, if it were just the newspapers out there, you know, at least I I speak for myself, I probably wouldn't be here. So I'm thankful for it in that regard. True. John <laughs> Borton and I would be writing, running the whole show and that'd uh, <laughs> be fantastic. I would, I would really miss you guys, you know. Geez, <laughs> well, you, you would have never known us. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's been great, yeah. fellas, but it just, you know, it's tough. And, and again, nothing has happened. And that's why we are tempering things here because remember when Trey Burke was gone, and then he wasn't, you know, uh, everybody said he's he cleaned thought he out. Was gone. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, like he he was gone. He thought he was gone. Right. I mean, he cleaned out his room and everything else. But we knew and yeah. we said, you know what? They're still having his. I was talking to his dad and he said, we just got here. You know, we're going to go and we're going to sit down with Coach Beeline and we're still going to have this conversation. So, no, it's not done yet. According to Trey, it was. But guess what? Cooler heads prevailed. He came back. was the best thing that ever happened to him. So sometimes guys leave. You know, some guys have appointments and they don't keep them. Sometimes, you know, things change quickly. So um, let's just wait and see what happens. Absolutely. Um, super chat here from Lori O says, uh, 
I'm choosing to, or I believe that U of, U of M administration is going to be fine with a natty every 30 years and do nothing to build from this season. I think that's maybe the most frustrating part about it is just the, the failed attempt to capture all of the momentum from what this last, these last three years have been. Um, and some of, you know, everyone involved has to wear that. And, and, but it's also, you wouldn't trade anything that happened the last three years for the world. And, um, again, you just got to be patient, let it play out in real time. And I, and I would just end by saying this in, I think it would be institutional hubris from the administration to think that them winning a national title last year affirmed that everything that they were doing was they were doing it the right way. No, the, the way that led you to a national title was Jim Harbaugh and he's a unique guy. He's, arguably the best active coach at any level of the sport right now. Um, his way is what got the job done over the last three years. And when he's not there, you have to find a way to be innovative and proactive and build something on the margins that will look different, but can keep you in that conversation. And I'm sorry. I mean, I, I think Sharon is, is qualified. I think he'll do a good job, but I have my doubts uh, that, that they will reach those heights again. I really do. And I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but we'll just see what happens. And it would have been hard for them to replicate it anyway, even if he stayed. Right. So give him the the support he needs. And let's be, let's be clear here that the majority of this team was built before NIL was a thing, fellas. Otherwise a lot of these guys might not even be here. Roman Wilson flat out told me he wouldn't be right. If I'm getting the offers now, he said, when I asked him flat out what's going on with NIL and he says, it's not good enough. And he didn't hesitate guys. He did not hesitate. And that should be your warning sign that we need to get better and we need to get our NIL director in place and we need to do this and this and this and set ourselves up to succeed. Otherwise, what are you doing here at Michigan? Okay. This is Michigan for God's sake, right? That's the one thing that Brady Hoke really got right is that you're supposed to have these high expectations. Your basketball program's not supposed to be last in the big 10. Your other programs aren't supposed to be sliding. You're supposed to give support to football and anything that you need instead of playing from behind and putting yourself in this situation, you owe it to the guys that you just hired here. And uh, to me, it's just bizarre that people are standing by and watching this happen. Yeah. And I, I agree, and I would say that the you know, to to speak to Lori's point, this predates the national championship. This isn't just national championship momentum. I think this is stuff that should have happened long ago. Because afterwards, you know, I don't know what exactly you could have done. You lost your head coach and, and most of your staff. Um, that's right. just the nature. That was Jim Harbaugh's choice. I think they could have done more to try to keep him. I think we've made that you know pretty clear. So don't I don't have to rehash all that, but um, yeah, I think a lot of this predates the national championship. And I love Sharon Moore, and I want to see him set up for success. It does not feel like they were doing that and are doing that. It goes beyond just naming him head coach. Agree. Well, we'll just keep rolling with the super chats here. I have one for nine ninety nine from Yellow Shirt Guy who says, "Who's got it better me than me after upgrading to the hardcovered commemorative championship magazine?" Uh, no one, as far as I'm concerned. Nobody. And I can promise you that I wrote a couple of my best pieces for that thing. So I felt really, really good about it. There's sometimes you write a column and you sit down and you say, all right, man, I got that one. That's going to go for 35 bucks in the hardcover. So thank you for upgrading <laughs> a yellow shirt guy. And uh, we appreciate it. Uh, we've sold a ton of these guys um, and gals. This is a collector's item. We've, I've still got mine from the 1997 season uh hard to believe i'm that old but i am and this is one that long ago 
really, really good. 20 something years, 26 years. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's a pretty long time. True. Um, love the no, name. Not, sure guy. By the our green says, is this overreaction Monday? No, it's not. And if, if he doesn't get the kind of support you'll need, he needs, then you're going to see that. Sorry. And nobody to answer yellow shirt guys. We have it. <laughs> you know, what's weird is that, that, uh, that line doesn't like belong to them. It never belonged to Michigan, but you saw Jim at the, at his chargers press conference last week and he's rattling off those classic Jimisms, And you're like, wow, this is actually, it actually happened. He's not here anymore. So, um, all right, well, we will move into the Q&A portion of our show. But before we do that, I wanted to talk about our friends over at Lewis Jewelers. Uh, you guys have heard us sing their praises for years, whether it's in the magazine, whether it's on the air, wherever it is. They've been great uh, sponsors and supporters of us and Michigan Athletics as well. Uh, their non-commissioned uh, advisors down there will help you get what you need with, with no strings attached. They're not looking to to take advantage of you. They're not looking to get you in a, into a situation that you're not comfortable with. Uh, so get on down there to their location over at 300 South Maple road in Ann Arbor, uh, check out uh, the jewelry, the engagement rings, whatever you need, they've got you covered. So head to Lewis jewelers there in Ann Arbor or at their website at lewisjewelers.com. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of our podcast. It's where Ann Arbor uh, right, gets fellas. engaged, AB. It's where Ann Arbor gets engaged. That is where Ann Arbor gets engaged. So be the, be the next person that does that with our friends over there. Uh, let's start with questions, fellas. I mean, we're just going to kind of let them rip here over the next however Go long. Go to MKWY first. I want to I respond to that one. Okay. Uh, where is he? He's what up there. We do it live. He called me a horrible whiner. Um, <laughs> sometimes, you know what? I'll, I'll say this. I'm not whining. I, I, you don't know the half of what we've heard from the people that we talk to. If I could tell you what I tell these guys on a daily basis after talking to people in the know, uh, then you know what? You'd be like, wow, man, we need to change some things up. So uh, that's, you know what? I'm just going to say uh, that's not whining. This is basically telling you like it is. This is me telling you what I told you when they hired Jawan Howard, that this thing's probably going to continue to get worse and worse and worse until uh, we get to this point where we at today. I never thought they'd be bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten, but I thought the further and further away, and it has nothing to do with Juwan as a person or as an individual, but as somebody who had never coached a, pro, a college program before, run a college program, uh, put together a roster that it was going to be tough. And uh, and here we are. So I was accused of whining then. Uh, how can you say that? He's Fab Five. He's Juwan Howard, blah, 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 because we call him like we see him. That's not whining, buddy. That's just trying to tell you what we believe. And there have been plenty of times when we've said, hey, man, this thing's going to be really, really, really good. Uh, when John Beeline was hired, I said, man, this guy is going to hit. He's the Grand Slam hire. These guys will attest to that. These guys have been on my site for a long time. Maybe not Broom, but I know Anthony or Clayton was when he was just a lad. So um, when, you know, there are different times that you say what's on your mind and say what you believe. Sometimes it's going to be good. Sometimes it's going to be bad. We are not going to pee on your leg and tell you it's raining, to quote Judge Judy, one of Jim Harbaugh's favorites. So anyway, I'm sorry you think so, MKWY, but we love you anyway. Not really. That's I just want to say I only laughed because I was not expecting that to pop up. So. <laughs> well, I'm the one that called for it. I, you know what? I'm I know. I just hadn't seen it. You so. better respond to the bad, right? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote uh, I'm gonna quote kindergarten cop. Stop whining. <laughs> it's not a tumor. Oh, Maybe man. it is a this tumor. 
Sometimes it is a Tuma, MK. Let's let's right. let's just keep let's just keep going yeah. here. Uh, this is from Richard Also Brooks. He says, Chris, but at Ward Manuel's press conference, he said that Michigan players are taken care of. He wouldn't lie to us, and clearly Roman must have lost his bank password. Uh, Michigan's players are taken care of. Uh, we've spoken to parents, and frankly, you know, you get texts from from several people close to the families that say, okay. I can tell you exactly what was said after Ben Herbert left in that room when those kids were were sitting there talking amongst each other after Ben Herbert left and said, okay, you know, the price tag just went up because they are getting insane amounts of money. Uh, we talked to people in the collectives, you know, who are hopeful, hopeful that they can keep some of these kids, but they're going to need a lot more than the $6 million they've raised from Champion Circle because one of the kids got $800,000 offer. Another kid, I can promise you, is considering after spring, uh, going back closer to home into what he thinks will be a more an offense more suited to his talents and abilities. And this is from family members and people who are directly involved. So no Michigan's players are not taken all taken care of yet. Hopefully they continue to work at it. But again, the fact that Michigan is behind, if you see the collect champion circle collectives, um, their presentation, they had schools up there in their logos of who Michigan was trailing. Michigan was trailing the likes of Louisville and the second tier they were trailing the likes of Michigan State. They were in that third tier, which is frankly unacceptable, especially if you're trying to keep a team together and get your coach off to a really nice start. Yeah, and, and uh, AB and I talked about this a little bit last week, but the price tag just went up is a great way to put it because when you're playing for Jim Harbaugh and you have you know maybe the best strength coach in the country who does an unbelievable job, the biggest weight room in the country and you know all these resources, you still have that, I guess, but – um, you know, maybe you take a, a pay cut. And Andy Staples talked about that on his show after Nick Saban left Alabama and a bunch of guys went to the transfer portal is they're not willing to take the pay cut um, anymore to play for Nick Saban or to play for Jim Harbaugh. And again, it, it's nothing against the guys that are still here coaching these guys, but it's just the fact of, of the matter. So that's kind of where they're at. So, I mean, if you were going to do this and you would have think they would have wanted to be more prepared anyway if Jim Harbaugh was still here, have better NIL. I mean, why wouldn't you want to, right? But the the fact that, you know, you could have lost him and then you ended up losing him and now you're not ready for it, I think is a major red flag. All right. Well, we will keep I want to go to I want to go to William Flanagan there. Or not William I'm not Flanagan. Whining, though, Our green. Nobody's whining. We're just telling you like it is. We can tell you what people tell us. And you know what? If you think it's whining, uh, this isn't about the natty. God bless the natty. It was amazing. It was one of the best years of our lives covering Michigan football. One of the most challenging. But at the same time, when you have these strong feelings about a program and, and you look at a guy like Sharon Moore, who I love, I love this guy and love covering him. I uh, love who he is. You want to set him up for success. And to me, they have not done everything they could to do that. This is not about what happened three weeks ago. This is about the future of the program and this man and his livelihood. Uh, I just want to see them do everything they can to help him succeed. Hopefully that's the case. Nothing's happened yet, guys. That's really going to destroy this team or this culture. Uh, yeah, you lost Ben Herbert. That was a tough one. Yes, you're gonna. You, we knew they were gonna lose Jesse Minter, right? Uh, we knew that they were gonna lose Jay Harbaugh. If you lose, lose Clink and and uh, Mike Elston, and then you lose your entire defense, then you've got a rebuild, and that is exactly what you're trying to avoid here. This is about the future now that we're talking about. Yeah. Anyone? Anyone else have a thought on our greens? I'm relaxed. I am too. I, I'm, 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 I'm as cool. I, honestly, I haven't slept as good as I have the last week since last August. So I'm, I'm great. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I'm not losing sleep over it. We're just trying to tell you, tell it like it is, right? You've got to get, got to get your ducks in a row. You got to be get take this thing into the next era. Now, uh, the the past era is over. It's been fantastic. Now it's time to continue for continued success here and keep this thing going. Yes, sir. Uh, well, let me pull up some questions from the board here because. Uh, Chat questions are still open to you as well, but a lot of people are just kind of arguing with each other. We'll let you guys figure that Sorry, out. Sorry, it's probably my fault. I have too much <laughs> whining. That's okay. Stop whining. Stop um, whining. Let's go to. Da, 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 da. This is what happens when we do it live. Sir, there's a lot of questions from Sasquatch in the thread on the board, and you guys, can, if you're on the board, you can you can see why I won't do some of them. Um, here's Love one it, I can read from him. Uh, Sasquatch asks, are you surprised by the news of Jay Harbaugh landing in Seattle and still instead of Los Angeles? He's not there yet, right? They're just saying that he's expected to. So okay. it could be a negotiating ploy. Um, you know, if he goes there, he goes there. Uh, I'm not stunned. I think, uh, you know, sometimes you want to get out of your dad's shadow. And he's been with his dad every step of the way. You know that he loves Mike McDonald. And maybe you know what? Maybe it's just a better situation in Seattle than uh, Los Angeles. It's not going to be because he and his dad aren't seeing eye to eye on anything or anything like that. So, but it could be a, a negotiating ploy uh, or something. We'll see what happens, but love Jay Harbaugh as well, man. I wish him all the best and uh, had, had great conversations with him. I know he's going to be, uh, he's one of the up and comers in the profession. Uh, guy is a workhorse, great family guy. Hope he kills it. Yeah. I'm just surprised because, it was reported that he was going to the Chargers, but um, it's not overly surprising in hindsight that he's going to go with Mike McDonald. Maybe there's a more prominent role there with Mike McDonald, who's trying to fill out his staff than there would have been with Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, I, I will say Jay has been, you know, with his uncle, John, in, in Baltimore. And then he was at Oregon State uh, as well for, for a short time. So he has had some time away from those guys. But, yeah, I mean, people always kind of wondered at what point is he going to branch out. Now, I saw some Michigan fans say, and rightfully so, you know, today, basically when that news came out, why couldn't he have branched off and just stayed at Michigan, you know, without his dad now that he's gone? Because Jay Harbaugh is a fantastic coach. He did a great job with the special teams. He did a great job recruiting, and he did a great job at every single position that he coached throughout the way, you know, tight ends two times, running backs when he had to step in there, and safeties the last two years. So that's a big loss. Um, you know, you're going to find somebody else to replace him, and they already have with the special teams duties with J.B. Brown, but – uh, Jay Harbaugh is a great coach, and you can never have too many of those in the building. Yeah, I, I mean, Jay Harbaugh, to me, uh, again, uh, if we're going to look back on this, and, and I think a lot of these guys, obviously, Mike McDonald's already an NFL head coach. I think at one point, Jesse Minter, should he officially make the transition to the NFL, I think he's a future head coach. You've already got Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I think Jay Harbaugh is a future head coach somewhere. So I think we're going to look taking back over on the league. <laughs> we're going to look back on that staff and, you know, and, and people kind of scoffed at it because, you know, Jim Harbaugh was prone to hyperbole at times saying, oh, I think everyone on the staff will be a future head coach eventually. Don't be surprised if there's a, a bunch of or at least three or four NFL head coaches that come from this era. I mean, that's, you know, on one hand, you you get, you know, you get frustrated about the idea that you're losing these guys. But on the other hand, you're like, wow, you really did have something special, too. And again, in time, we'll see what comes to pass in terms of who steps into those roles. But man, oh, man, you just you think of all the talent that was on that coaching staff. And uh, it's just the NFL is 
the NFL is just a different beast and a different opportunity. And I'll keep saying that. Um, I know there are a lot of Michigan fans that aren't necessarily NFL fans or college football fans that aren't necessarily NFL fans, but it is just, uh, it makes college, you know, in terms of the economics of the league and all the opportunities it affords you, I mean, it, it really does kind of make college football, especially in its current state, look like a Mickey Mouse operation. Um, this one is from 99TT player TT99. Uh, who gets more wins this year, Michigan men's basketball or this fall's football team? Ask me when this roster is settled because uh, that's going to be a huge part of it. I don't know that this basketball team wins another game. Uh, these guys don't seem to like each other. Uh, they can't beat Rutgers at home. They give up 40 points in the second half. It's uh, unbelievable to me where this thing has become, where's, what it's become and where it's landed. It's funny. You know, I, I talk to John Beeline every now and then, and obviously he roots for the the team and, and for Jawan Howard. He and Jawan used to work together at, in some summers. And, uh, you know, there was a point where John Beeline wanted Jawan Howard to be his right-hand man. As a matter of fact, I don't think a lot of people knew that in Ann Arbor. And to, so to see this, uh, and again, part of it is I, I didn't think, you know, the timing was right. Uh, Juwan hadn't been a head coach before. Doesn't mean that he can't be a good coach or won't be a good coach in the future. I just thought it was premature. Um, but to me, he's also not getting the support he needs. We talk about the NIL for football. How much do you think these guys in basketball are getting? Next to nothing. And we know, I, I can tell you what Boo Booey got at Northwestern is a hell of a lot more probably than I mean, then Hunter Dickinson got at Michigan. What does that tell you? There's a reason that Hunter Dickinson left. So Hunter Dickinson left for a great opportunity. Uh, Michigan didn't have a chance to keep him. And for a program that prides itself on being leaders and best, that's unacceptable too. So part of me feels bad for him as well. Yeah, no doubt. I'm going to go with football. I don't I don't know that. Ba- I agree. I don't know that basketball wins another game. That was basically their chance on uh, Saturday or whatever it was. And, and they, they blew it. Um, you know, and maybe they match up with somebody in that Wednesday, the Big Ten tournament. But, I mean, you basically can't win road games until late February because Doug's not going to be around. Maybe they win at Rutgers, but I'm going to go with football winning, you know, because I think they get to eight, nine or more. Yeah, I wanted to pop that one up because, uh, Justin, I, I can't disagree with you. I think they're going to have to change. And, and our M Hoops one, Jeff Schiller on the board, said the same thing. He said, the downside to keeping him now say he scrapes together enough from the portal and has a year where he squeaks into the tournament and saves his job then he's coaching for his job again the following year because with a group that's not going to be there the year after that because they will have been one year rental players right rental players and he's in the last year of a contract so i don't know how you keep him i heard what uh, what ward manual said and to me it's just there's the culture's broken fellas it's just broken and when your last place we can see it on the court clay anthony when we were there on saturday you can you can just see that it's not working and juan can say this stuff works uh but it really hasn't uh, they were fortunate to make the tournament two years ago with that roster last year they had two first round picks and hunter dickinson didn't coach his son very well um unfortunately jet and it led to missing the tournament uh, and they lose every freaking close game they play, guys. It's it's unbelievable. It's almost uncanny, and it's almost hard to do. So, to me, it's probably time to make a change at the end of the year. They lose double-digit lead games that that they should win. Like, yeah. it, it's all – and I said this Saturday, and I still feel this way about it. Um, you know, I, I've obviously 
this this may be the sixth or seventh year I've been doing Michigan basketball in person. Um, and I was there last year when there were 12 people there when they lost to CMU. I was one of those 12 people. That's at the time, maybe the worst loss I've ever seen in that building. I think Saturday was maybe all things considered the most lifeless second half of basketball against it, it was it was bad it was bad enough to where it's in that conversation for me in terms of the games i've seen live and and usually saturday kind of felt like a turning point too where typically Jawan, i think is you know you could say what you want about the guy but he has always shielded his players from criticism but saturday night uh, his the press conference that he did and again it's not like he was i actually thought you know the quotes look a lot different than I think the tone of it was in the press conference. I actually thought the press conference was maybe as forthright as he's ever been about the state of the program. But, you know, when you get to this, you know, I just, I've seen enough as a fan of sports and covering sports to know that when you start essentially throwing players under the bus and saying, maybe I should play my walk-ons and you start saying stuff like that in press conferences, that usually is a moment in time that precedes the end of that era coming shortly thereafter. And I don't know if that's going to be the case. You know, anyone who cites, um, I know for a fact, like Ward Manuel has said this publicly, like, well, you know, if I would have caved to the mob in 2020 and fired Jim Harbaugh, look what would have happened. Um, This isn't the same thing. Jim Harbaugh had success at Michigan, had a track record of success long before Michigan. And when those two meet at the end of the season, I'm sure like there was a plan that was sold on how they can get this back to where it needs to go. And if you're Juwan Howard, I don't know what the plan, like what do you sell in terms of what the fix is? Okay. So you flip your coaching staff. Great. Who are you going to bring in? Uh, who's going to want to come here? Okay. Roster's probably going to get flipped again. Uh, who's who sticks around because in the here and now with what we've talked about already with NIL and guys getting poached or guys being unhappy, Anyone and everyone has a price tag on them now. So who sticks around? Like, what's the vision? Is it another year where it's just a patchwork? You go through, go to the transfer portal. I just, I just don't think there's a way out of this. I really don't. And uh, it, it adds to kind of the somber tone that this Monday night show has taken. But I really do think that uh, we should be in the twilight stages of all of this because I don't think there's a path forward here. I just don't. Clay. Yeah, I would just say on the press conference, I, I've heard coaches throw their players under the bus much more than what Jawan Howard did. I actually thought it was quite refreshing in a way, you know. That I agree he, with that, by the way. Yeah, I think the the point that I agree with you on is that he never does that, so it was more telling, or, or you know, it was more emphatic because he did it. Um, because he he never I mean John Borton asked him last year after Kobe Bufkin went you know 0 for five from three or something like that he said what do you tell Kobe after a shooting night like that and he said don't single anybody out please don't single anybody out I mean single but like it's we're just bringing up a stat uh, so to that and I say that to say that's the extent to which you know Jawan Howard never criticized a player now he's doing it a little bit more and he's not singling people out he's doing it as a group uh, which I think is the right way to do it but. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was was clearly, um, you know, a change up from everything we've seen from Joan Howard in the past. I think the players need to have more pride. I think they need to be coached better as well. And, you know, he probably knows that to, to, at some level. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just really bad right now. Well, think about this, too. Uh, when we were talking to Terrace Reed right before that, he, he, 
he mentioned this. Now, mind you, Doug McDaniel can't play with this team on the road right now, given his academic suspension. But Doug being essentially, you know, the point guard, the quarterback of a team, is also one of the stronger voices in that room set, telling Terrace Reed, man, we don't we don't look together. And, and that's with road games. That's with home games. Um, it's just it's fractured. And I, I don't know how it gets fixed. And if they somehow find their find a way to dig themselves out of this and do so with hard work and, and getting back in the lab and figuring things out, then they will, you know, you'll tip your hat to that. But right now it's, it's just been a steady kind of, you know, those first year three and year four was kind of like a slow drip. Now it's just like, it, it's, you've completely bottomed out and Saturday was rock bottom for them. So we'll see what happens. Uh, let's take this one from Shane Johnson for four ninety nine. He says, Apologize, Clayton, for being 41 minutes late, but wouldn't making the best wouldn't making the best decision to be made be Mike Elston and Steve Klingscale as defensive coordinator just to save three defensive first round picks from the portal? Huh. Before we get to, I want to, I, wanted, I w- actually wanted to talk about this earlier. You know, if you if the criteria is you want to keep that defensive system in place, you're getting down the board now. Where we're talking about okay. Joe Cullen's name is in the mix. We haven't really heard any other names, but wouldn't you think the guys that are most familiar with this defensive system are the guys that you've already had? I think it's part of it. Yeah. But also it takes a knack. There's a special knack of calling plays and knowing things. And, you know, there's no guarantee that just because you know a defense, you're going to be a great defensive coordinator. Uh, I think Elston could do it. I I don't know enough about Clink. Um, I know that Elston's, been given an opportunity, right? At least part-time or interim at Notre Dame for a game, but he's been a position coach for a long time too. And it kind of seems like, you know, when you get to that point, is there a reason for that? Does he just, did he want it that way? Or, you know, it's hard to know, but um, to me, it's, it's a conundrum because yeah, you want the short-term matters, especially in the first year of an era like this and for momentum, right. In terms of recruiting and stuff like that, if you have another good year, say you go nine and three and get into the the playoff with these guys, then you're going to recruit better. And there's still a great feeling around your program. If you lose all these guys and you go six and six and you're starting from scratch as a first time head coach, that's going to be a bitch. I'm sorry. That's just the reality of it. So uh, it's a great question. What do you do? And right now, as uh, you know, we we know for a fact that Klinkscale was told that, hey, you know, this is the direction uh, that we're going to go. At least initially, that's what he was told was we want to get a big time D.C. And we've heard the name Joe Cullen and we've heard uh, not very many other names, frankly, at this point. So um, could it be that they come back to these guys and they say, OK, you're going to be our co-DCs and and then you hope for the best. But part of it, too, you have to rely on your head coach to make that decision. That's why he's paid the big bucks to to make these decisions. And if he feels like these guys aren't ready and he needs to go out and get a great D.C. and that he's got that confidence in himself for the long run, then maybe you go that route. So it is not easy, guys. And that's exactly why these guys get millions and millions of dollars a year to make the tough decisions. Yeah. And it's just in no worries, Shane. He's making fun of me for being late to the Thursday chat last week, uh, about 15 minutes. So 41 greater than four, uh, 15. But yeah, I mean, when you, when you had Jim Harbaugh making these hires and he replaced six of 10 assistant coaches coming out of the 2020 season, you know, and I know that, you know, coordinator, he, he seemed to have guys in mind at different times throughout his tenure, but it just felt like he would always somehow pull a rabbit out of his hat, bring in a guy and keep the other guys and keep the players. I know it's different now with keeping the players. 
Uh, and that was pretty impressive that, but you know, that he was able to do all that and make so many good hires. I think he made over 35 assistant coach hires during his nine years at Michigan, which is pretty absurd, <laughs> the amount of turnover that he had. Uh, but sh- like you said, CB, you took the words out of my mouth. I mean, th- this is why he's in this spot. Like Sharon Moore, I mean, half of the battle with being a head coach is making these hires because I forget who said it at some point, but I was listening to to somebody recently and they said there are no such thing as, as great coaches. There are great staffs. And, you know, I obviously disagree to an extent with that, but but, you know, point taken. Right. I mean, you have to have a great staff around you. It is a really tough decision, Shane, on what you do with this, because I agree. Like, I think you could probably keep these players intact if you give them, uh, you know, these guys defensive coordinator titles. I know Clink's already co-DC, but, you know, you let them call the plays. But at the same time, is that the right fit? And Sharon Moore has to, to weigh that. Um, and, and maybe he will circle back to them because Joe Collins, no slam dunk. He's getting interest from other NFL teams. You know, some of the other guys, you know, that, that maybe have popped up for Sharon probably have other options as well. So I think it's something that he's going to have to figure out. But you better do it before Jim Harbaugh takes him to L.A. Yeah, the one thing I would say, too, is. You know, for a lot of these guys, the decisions they have to make and the hires that need to be made, I do think that to a certain extent, it would be short sighted to say, oh, well, we have these three, you know, X amount of players who um want this guy and they'll stick around this year. Well, Sharon Moore's duty now is to hire a staff that will be with him two years from now, three years from now, five years from now, right? You need to make the best decision. You know, if you can marry what's best for the short term and the long term, obviously that's ideal, but um, there is a cost that comes with a coaching change. And, you know, it's not, it wasn't, it was never going to be just pass the baton to Sharon. Everyone else sticks around, holds hands, sings campfire songs and you just keep this thing rolling into the future. Right. So, um, again, I do want to say, I do want to say to Shane Johnson, uh, the last 10, uh, the 10 seconds we spent together there at the championship game, when I saw him in the corner down there, uh, in all of his glory was, uh, <laughs> one of the highlights of the trip at Houston, man, you're a great guy and, uh, and a great supporter of ours. And we appreciate you. And one day we will get together for that beer. Uh, I'm going to end on this comment here uh, from Jeff Haskins. He says, I think this YouTube channel should take donations for student athletes. Well, we're, we're, we're not going to do that straight up, but what you, what you can do with us is that commemorative edition that we just talked about at the beginning of the show throughout this show that we're working on. We are donating a portion of the proceeds to champion circles. So not only are you getting that keepsake with having the magazine, having the hardcover edition, whatever it is that you choose you're also going to be dipping into the champion circle fund as well. So if you want to know how to donate to that, if you want to know how to buy uh, our edition, all of that info is going to be in this, in the description below. So um, we have to pay our bills too. We can't take, you know, we got to keep the lights on around here so we can't, you know, we won't do the direct donations, but I will say this uh, on our message board, we do have the link to the, those who stay fund that still, I mean, quite frankly, needs help. Uh, on our on our board on our page so uh be sure to check that out as well fellas i think this is a good place to call it for the night um a long uh a longer uh q a than normal but a lot of stuff to kind of get out there it's going to be a big week uh, for michigan football uh, as they get a lot of this sorted out so uh for chris ballas for clayton safey i'm anthony broom thanks to producer megan behind the scenes be sure to like and subscribe uh like this video subscribe to our youtube channel 
get the commemorative edition, uh, donate to the champion circle fund, whatever you got to do. Um, you know, make, make and one more thing. If you want smoke blown up your ass, there are other places to go. So we will always tell it like it is and what we've heard and what we know. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.